Hi, I'm Greg Schaefer, and welcome to the VCM Quick Strike for Monday, August 8th, 2022. Well, this is certainly concerning. From Threats Hub, the U.S. government is warning of critical vulnerabilities in its emergency alert system. The system that, if it's exploited, could enable intruders to send fake alerts out over television, radio, and cable networks. Of course, everybody's familiar with this system. It's the one that breaks in sometimes to radio and TV with that annoying attention-getting sound. But the idea is to allow for the president or for government officials to very quickly, within a few minutes, I think 10 minutes, to be able to get a message out over all of these airwaves. So it's important that it's maintained, although this toast tests tend to be a little bit intrusive, it's very important that they are tested. So if there's a vulnerability, think about the exploits that could occur. As an example, and this wasn't an exploit, but remember back in 2018 in Hawaii, where they were testing the system and accidentally sent out a message that there was an incoming missile. It freaked everybody out for 10 minutes. There were people trying, or more than 10 minutes, there were people trying to evacuate. And that was just one instance. Think about what that could happen here. Um, this is actually a vulnerability in flaws in its EAS encoder and decoder devices. So it sounds like that perhaps that they may be talking about this in a proof of concept code at DEF CON this week. So pay attention. There might be a lot more news coming out this week from DEF CON. If you're a small or mid-sized business, you'll want to pay a close attention to this one. Coming to us from the register, Cisco has revealed that four of its small business router ranges have critical flaws. And this is the second time in 2022 that Cisco has had this sort of an issue before that they've had to talk about. So this came out last week. And specifically for owners of the RV160, RV260, RV340, and RV345 series routers, are vulnerable, and it could, quote, allow for an unauthenticated remote attacker to execute arbitrary code or cause a denial of service or DOS attack on the affected device. The worst of the bugs, apparently, is rated 9.8 out of 10 on the CVSS scale. And for those who are not familiar, everybody in security most likely knows that scale, but small mid-sized businesses may not realize that a lot of the, the, all of the vulnerabilities that are discovered are rated as far as their criticality. And this is referred to as the common vulnerability scoring system. So whenever you hear anybody talk about CVSS, that is what we're talking about. So check your routers. If you have one in these series, make sure that you are updating your firmware. We've talked about before how the Internet of Things or IoT is almost like a wild, wild west right now. Certainly the area that has in networking the least amount of security standards applied in some way, shape, or form. And there's a lot of embedded devices that have been around for a while, a lot of legacy devices, and certainly there's a lot of old code in there. And this represents a significant threat landscape and risk. Well, from the Hacker News, a new IoT botnet malware dubbed RapperBot, has been observed rapidly evolving its capability since it was first discovered in mid-June of this year. It goes on to say that it uh, borrows heavily from the Mirari source code, but this actually has the built-in capacity to brute force credentials and gain access to SSH servers instead of Telnet, as implemented in Mirari, or Mirai, excuse me. Again, the, the 
common way to mitigate this sort of risk is, of course, make sure you update your firmware. But the, the problem that we have a lot of times is that the companies that produce these devices either can't or won't update the firmware, and you're left with the situation of managing that risk. Do you want to keep this device in your network? And if so, what are the compensating controls? In other words, those things that you do to maybe not be able to fix the actual issue, but to mitigate the issue at hand. So you might want to pay attention to your devices. And certainly if you haven't at least created an inventory of your IoT devices on your network, you certainly need to do that as a first step. You cannot protect what you do not know about. We've talked before about the Zimbra email vulnerability. Well, now CISA, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, has added that recently disclosed high security vulnerability to its known exploited vulnerabilities catalog because they've cited now that there's evidence of active exploitation. Now, if you don't remember the specific CVE for this with a CVSS score of 7.5, which is certainly not the most critical on a, level, on a scale of 1 to 10, but it is significant. Um, CVE 2022-29, excuse me, 27924, it's command injection flaw on the platform that could lead to the execution of arbitrary memcached commands and theft of sensitive information. So the only difference now is that CISA has recognized that because this is being exploited out in the wild right now, that this has been added to their known exploited vulnerabilities catalog. So if you haven't looked at this and you're a Zimbra email user, you definitely want to pay attention. In cybersecurity, one of the prevalent discussions really has nothing to do with cybersecurity as far as a discipline in itself meaning the technical side or the policies or, or, or all of that. It has to do with how to land a good cybersecurity job, not just in some cases entry level, but also how to land a high paying job. And certainly there's a lot out there. Well, from Forbes magazine, their article about what you need to do to land a six-figure cybersecurity job discusses a few elements of that. One of the things they touch on, of course, is certifications. They note that on average, certifications can increase the salary by $33,000. Certainly, there is opportunity in the field to earn well into six figures. They note that there's the potential to earn up to $225,000 or more, particularly if you're a chief information security officer. They also talk about whether or not a degree is really needed in the space. And also that they note that cybersecurity is a mission-oriented career field. So you have to have a certain mindset associated with it. And I would add that you really have to understand the business that you're applying cybersecurity to, your skills. And in 30 seconds, I'll have some more thoughts about that. I'm often asked for insight and advice as to how to both get into cybersecurity and how to progress in your career in cybersecurity. I mentor some folks and I've been mentored by some wonderful people out there. And my journey is a little bit different because, well, quite honestly, I'm old. And when I started out in the career field, there was no such thing as cybersecurity. 
but what I've been doing is that I've been doing a, a short video series on YouTube. I've got the link in the show notes talking about my journey because there are some commonalities, even though I started out over 30 years ago, there are some commonalities between then and now. One of them is certifications. I've always been of the opinion that collecting certifications, in other words, having a lot of letters after your name, I think it kind of dilutes the brand in a way. Now, I know others feel differently, and I'm, I'm not really trying to debate this. This is just my opinion. But I think that one or two solid certifications and showing the reason why shows direction in what you're trying to do as far as your career goes. Now, for me, I, back in the day, had a CNE, Certified Netware Engineer, certification, which was a big deal, and also a Cisco certification. At least I think I finished the Cisco courses. But those were those were big certifications back then. Later on, of course, I got the CISSP, which some would say is the gold standard in cybersecurity. So my advice there is that if you're looking at certifications, look at the ones that are relevant to the field that you want to do, what you want to be in in cybersecurity, because it is a very specialized field in a lot of different areas. The second one is with regards to a degree. And I would say that, no, a degree is not necessary, but it certainly can help, particularly if you want to move up the chain. I think it's very necessary to have a, at least a bachelor's, if not a master's, in order to be a chief information security officer, preferably in a business area. My, my master's is in information security project management, which was actually from the School of Business at the university that I attended at the time, uh, Middle Tennessee State University. It was not a technical degree. It was about learning the business, which is why on this podcast, I talk so much about how you have to learn the business, because ultimately, that's the only reason why cybersecurity exists, information security, whatever you want to call the field. And I go back and forth. I've talked about that before. It's a business need. There's the only reason why a firewall is in place is to help the business, not because it's cool. The third item is with regards to the mission-oriented nature of cybersecurity. And I think that that's one of the reasons why you see a lot of previous military folks in there, because that's what the military is, all mission-oriented. We're, we're all dedicated towards what we need to do and how we need to do it. Now, one of the issues sometimes that transitioning military folks have is actually being able to translate what they did in, from the military into cyber but there are resources out there that help with talking, making that translation between military ease and, and corporate ease, I guess you could say. And then finally, the salary. Certainly, there's a lot of opportunities to make significant money well beyond six figures in cybersecurity. And that's one of the reasons why I do what I do in some ways, because the number that I use, I think from salary.com as of last year, is that the average total compensation package of a chief information security officer was around $270,000 a year. Now, that's, of course, definitely is dependent upon many variables such as location, vertical, size of company, um, the history of the company. Startups won't earn that much, obviously. But we've kind of priced ourselves out of the small and mid-sized business market, which is why the virtual CISO business has taken off, because they can't afford $270,000 a year for a security officer, but they can afford a fractional part of that. So it's a good article. I would encourage you to read it. I would also encourage you to check out 
the YouTube videos that I've done. I've done four episodes. I'll probably end up around six or seven, and the link is in the show notes. And I hope it helps you all. Until next time, stay secure. <laughs>